But I would also say that we definitely didn't plan like specifically like wanting to win junior worlds. I yeah, I think going into the season we kind of just wanted to like see where we were at and just improve every race and then um I think that's what happened. We get we got better every race and then it all came together for worlds. And so yeah, like so many things could go wrong. Welcome to the Fever Talk podcast. My name is Magali Rochette, and today I'm speaking with two women that I really admire, Isabella and Eva Holmgren, the two 18-year-old twins, uh, twin sisters, Canadian sensations that have been shocking the world last cyclocross season. So to give you an idea of the things they have accomplished already at such a young, young age, um, I mean, just last year, last cyclocross season, Eva Holmgren won the Elite National Canadian Championship title in cyclocross while her sister decided to race in the junior category. She won that. Then later, they, they both had a few podium at Junior Cyclocross World Cups. Eva won the last cyclocross World Cup of the season. And the week after, her sister Isabella won the Junior Women World Cyclocross Championship, and Eva got second. Um, so they made history that day. They followed up that cyclocross season with some road racing in Europe, where they have performed really well, and some mountain bike racing as well, where they where they have reached the podium in uh, Junior World Series races on a mountain bike. So pretty crazy stuff. But I think... Above all of that, they are just really great people. Um, and I thought it would be fun to get to know them. I was curious about uh, the dynamics of being sisters, training together, but also competing against each other. And also a lot of other things. But I think let's go straight to this conversation. Because, I mean, they made me laugh. I thought it was a good one. I hung up the phone with them and I felt super motivated. Um, so thank you to both of you guys for motivating me even more. Uh, I think you're through inspiration for me and uh, probably for a lot of other Canadians or other young athletes out there. So without further ado, here's the conversation I had with Isabella and Eva Holmgren. Thanks for listening. Before we go, I just want to say a quick thank you to Whoop for being the presenter of this episode. There is a new feature on Whoop, which is called the Stress Monitor. And what it does is uh, it calculates your stress. In other words, the new Stress Monitor feature is able to give you a real-time stress score between 0 and 3 by measuring your heart rate and HRV, so heart rate variability, and com comparing that to your baseline. So it actually works. Like sometimes... Um, I don't know, I've been injured the last few weeks and sometimes I have moments where I'm a little bit more anxious about how the recovery is going to go when I can get back to racing and I can see like real time that 
uh, my stress score is higher. And on the opposite, uh, I've been doing a lot of breath work, which is also available uh, that you can be guided by Whoop to do it. Uh, and when I do that, or for example, if I do some stretching or if I go in the sauna and come back, I can see how that affects my stress. So I can see that it can go way down if I do breath work or way high when I'm in the sauna and super, super low when I come back. So really interesting feature. Uh, Whoop keeps on innovating and, and that's really cool. So if you are interested about Whoop, um, you can go to join.whoop.com slash cxfever. So that's join.whoop.com slash C-X-F-E-V-E-R. And that will give you a free month to try on Whoop. All right. Well, I mean, Ava and Isabella, thank you so much for joining me tonight. We've been wanting to do this for a really long time. So I'm glad that we're making it happen. I always hoped that we could do it in person because we often are at the same spots but i guess every time we're at the same races everyone's super busy so i'm glad i'm glad it's working out <laughs> we're glad we could do this too yeah cool so i mean can you tell us like it's the middle of your summer season i guess right now you've been everywhere since i saw you guys at the world championships you've been racing in Europe on the road, you've been racing in Europe on a mountain bike, you've been training in British Columbia, you've been like everywhere. Um, how are you both feeling? And where are you now? Like what's what's going on now in your in, in your lives? Um, yeah, so it's been a pretty crazy year. <laughs> um, right now, we're at home in Aurelia, Ontario. We are enjoying a couple of weeks at home. Actually, we just finished our Um, home race at the Hardwood Hills UCI Junior Series or Junior Series race I would say and um, it was a Canada Cup as well so everyone was there um, it was really nice to race and have our family watch and also our close friends be there to support us so that was great um, right now I'm feeling pretty good honestly um, yesterday I went on a ride And usually we do this Friday morning ride with a couple of the local masters before they go to work. But it got canceled because the weather was really kind of bad. Okay. <laughs> and so I was like, well, I, I'm going to do a ride anyways. And yeah, I, I looked at a couple of segments and I was like, Bella, do you want to do these with me? And she actually led me out, and, um, which was amazing because I got all of the ones that I tried. To. That's so fun. And yeah, so that was... I'd say those kinds of rides are my favorite. Um, and yeah, so I'm feeling pretty good. <laughs> yeah. What about, I mean, this is so cool. Like, is that, uh, we'll get back to this, but I'm curious, is that something that you do pretty often together? Just like, all right, let's go and smash <laughs> something together. Usually we try for those segments on the Friday morning rides. Okay. Um, but we don't talk about it or look at the segments as much beforehand. And that's what I did. Um, yeah. This time. Yeah, like yesterday, cool. she had some planned out and wrote the times on her arms so that she could see how fast she <laughs> goes. <to get> them. <laughs> That's so fun. But yeah, um, we don't usually do that very often, so it was kind of fun to do something new. Yeah. Oh, that's super cool. All right. I mean, I definitely want to get back to this, and I wanted to talk about how you train together. But first, I think it'd be fun to like get to know you a little bit. Um, so you're both 18 now. Yeah. Okay. Um, and 
are you still are you still in school is high school over how what, what's what's is that how does it work sorry i'm so, kind of um, old, we, too old to remember <laughs> we're in grade 12 right now and i think we have two more weeks left of school until we graduate so that's cool. pretty exciting yeah. um i'm thinking of maybe taking a few courses during the summer just to get like some extra courses to keep my op options open for university Um, so I might do a bit of that during the summer, but we'll be graduated from high school, hopefully by <laughs> the end of the next two weeks. Oh, so, that's yeah. awesome. What are your plans for, for school later? Do you, I mean, you mentioned university, is that something that you want to do like in university or online or like, what are your, what are you guys thinking about for that? I mean, I'm sure it's indiv very individual, like I'm sure it's not the same for both, but Bella, what are you thinking? Um, so I definitely want to do some kind of university. I don't want to go um, in person, though. I'd rather mm -hmm. do it online so that I can still like travel and race and everything. Um, and I, I'm not sure, like I haven't applied to anything yet, so I won't be able to start this fall, but hopefully maybe second semester I can start some university. Um, but yeah, I definitely want to have like something else to focus on. Um, yeah, I think it would just be like a nice thing to have. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What about you, Eva? Do you want to go or not sure yes. yet? So it's kind of the same for me, like, um, and except for this summer, I don't, I want to take a break, but maybe do those extra classes in the next like semester or the next school block. Um, but yeah, I would say I'm not sure if I want to go to university in person, but doing some courses online, I think, would be really helpful. Um, and I, I don't know, like, what I would do yet, but I know that film production and that kind of stuff, like cinematography, I really enjoy that. And I wow. find especially, like, the visual stuff, but also the music and that. I just like all of it. So I think cool. if I went to school, it'd be for something like that. Yeah, and you have like an like you're you have a pretty strong creative side, right? You created yeah. the the stimulus orbea kits, is that correct? Yeah, you yeah, drew them yeah. yourself. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah. That's super cool. Um, I, and yeah, I mean about that, like I know I think like often people talk, and I actually like question myself. I'm like, do I do a podcast with both of them together? <laughs> Because like you're very separate and different person and you have your own goals but it just so happens that you're also twins and you do a lot together um but i thought it'd be still fun to have the two of you but be like can you still would you be able to describe yourselves like bella describe yourself and then Eva describe yourself and just so we i don't know we get to know you individually as well like how i mean and i know it's a tough question like it's hard to describe our own self but how would you describe yourselves um <laughs> I, you go first. <laughs> I definitely have a much harder time of like putting words together than Ava. So she usually uh, helps me out by like explaining what I'm thinking. Um, but yeah, like, do you want to know like what kind of biking we do or more like? No, I mean, like who, like, let's say you, you have to introduce yourself to someone. Like what, what would you say? You know, I guess like, I, I maybe I can give you an example. What would I say? I would say... And I, I mean, that's what I find interesting about this question. And I ask a lot of the guests on the podcast and everyone has a very different way. A lot of people describe like what they do as a living. Mm -hmm. But then I have other person that would say like, I'm, my name is Magali. Um, I really love discovering food and I'm super curious about a lot of things. And I really enjoy 
playing outside. You know, like some people will, would say things like that. Um, I wasn't oh. bullshitting. Everything I say is true. But <laughs> I would say, actually, um, I would be the person to introduce myself um, in front of someone that we like were meeting for the first time. And then Bella would introduce herself afterwards. Okay. But I think, like, when I was younger, I, I had, like, a little bit of social, I don't know, like, not anxiety, but just the social skills weren't great. Okay. <laughs> so I was like, well, I, if I want to be, like, in the biking world and if I want to meet new people around the world and all that stuff, like, maybe I should work on this. And so it, like, it's something that I've been trying to work on. Um, and it's not always easy. I'll often say things that I regret instantly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but yeah, I feel like um, it definitely helps to have Bella with me most of the time. Yeah. Because I'll feel comfortable with her and then it's easier to talk about things. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I would say that we're both kind of introverts, but then I would say I'm more of an extroverted introvert. <laughs> yeah. And like once you get to know us, I think that we definitely talk a lot more. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I think I can agree with that. Like, I've as I've grown to know you a little bit more, you definitely, you know, I, you don't seem like shy girls to me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, well, then let's make it easier. If you if you don't know how to describe, because I know it's tough. Like, I, I don't really know how to describe myself either. But then let's say, Bella, what's one, what's one thing that we should know about Ava? <laughs> okay, um... <laughs> So Ava recently has really been into cooking and like trying to make new recipes and things. So um, I'd say that she's a very good cook and she likes to experiment with things like that in the kitchen. Um, and she's also very creative. She used to play the piano and she's really good at art and things like that. Um, cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's really good. Ava, what, would you, what is one thing we should know about Bella? Um, yeah, I think what we were saying before, like, once you get to know her, <laughs> she can be pretty fun. <laughs> um, and definitely opens up more. But she's also creative in the physical side of things. She used to do tumbling and gymnastics and stuff. Hmm. And she taught herself how to do a backflip. <laughs> um, and yeah, she can be really... Sometimes she can be really hyper and in a good way, though. <laughs> um, and yeah, I think um, once you get to know her as well, she can be really kind and do a lot of nice gestures for her or for other people. Like the other day she made me breakfast in bed. <laughs> That's so nice. Um, that is which so is nice. really good. <laughs> so yeah, that's cool. what I would say about her. That's, that's awesome. Um, all right. I mean, now like now we'll talk a little bit about cycling, but I want to go back to like when you were really young. So you grew up in a family where you're, it's, you're four siblings total, right? Uh, five of us total. Five. Oh shoot! Sorry, I'm sorry for the person I forgot. So the two of you are siblings. You're you're the youngest. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, and then there's Gunner, who is also into cycling, mm -hmm. and then there's one sister that I think I've seen at a race. Yeah. What is her name? And like, who are the two others? So. It's Max, who's the next one. So he's two years older than us. Um, he goes to college for policing. He's really good at like mechanic, like car mechanicals and things like that. Okay. Um, and then Torn is four years older than us. And she's in university. I think she's going into her final year next year. 
and recently she's been getting more involved with cycling but on the like background side of things so she really likes yeah. being in the pits and helping us out and things like that and she actually cool. went to spain um for a few weeks to help out at my dad's training camp so mm, that's yeah. awesome. Okay, so five siblings, uh, three of you are racing at a really high level. That is that Rob Holmgren. He's uh, your coach, and your mom is also into cycling and a really good cyclist herself, I believe. Um, so, how was it when you were really young? Like, how? I, I guess, like, my question is: I bet you've been kind of in cycling your whole life. Um, but did you do other sports and, and when did cycling become kind of a thing that, uh, when did cycling become a dream? And if that makes sense. Um, so we started cycling when we were really young, I'd say the earliest memory I have of like racing and things like that was the Wednesday night series at Hardwood. And then when we were, when you're nine in Canada, you can start doing like Canada cups and things like that. So we did that, um, but we were also competitive swimmers for a very long time. So ah, cool. we did, we had a lot of swim practices. I'd say we swam more than we rode our bikes for a few years. Um, yeah. And then during COVID, uh, the like we couldn't go to swim meets anymore. So the swimming kind of like we didn't enjoy it as much. And that's when we started like focusing most of our time on biking. Huh. Um, okay. But I think... Well, for me personally, it's always been like a dream of mine, but we really started focusing on it um, during COVID. So. so same for you, Eva? Yeah, same for me. Yeah. Um, we also used to do a bit of running with our school, a little bit of track and field, but mostly cross-country running. Okay. Um, and it was fun to mix it up. Uh, we didn't do it for long. It was just like some local races, but yeah. So like all of the sports of... A triathlon, but <laughs> not a triathlon. Not a triathlon. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay, awesome. And I mean, like, it has that always been kind of the coach and the, the one structuring how you do things? Uh, or did you have other coaches? Um, how did that kind of work? Um, yeah, so for the cycling side of things, he's always been our coach. Um, but we, when we were swimming, we had a coach. Her name was Meredith and... Also, her mom, Elaine. Um, and they were really, really good coaches. Uh, they really loved what they did. And you could see it. And they put a lot of their passion into swimming. And just the entire club um, could tell. And it was it was great. I really yeah. liked it. But, um, yeah. That's cool. I mean, I'm, I'm curious. And I'm sure you get that question all the time. But at the same time, like, from seeing you interact with your dad with Rob ha as a coach, like it seems like such a, I would say collaborative relationship. Like it seems really mellow. It seems really cool. I don't know. Like I, I enjoy watching you like all work together. Um, how did he manage or how did you guys all manage as a family to keep it, to keep cycling and racing like always as fun, you know? Um, Cause it seems like you're all having fun, but sometimes I guess like, Maybe from the perce perception from people on the outside, it could seem like, oh, well, if that is a coach, like it must be always at home, super strict. It really doesn't seem that way. But like, how how have your parents managed to keep it just really fun and kind of a, yeah, like a, a game, I guess. I would say um, they never like put pressure on us or anything to like 
race or do things like that. It's always our choice if we want to race. Um, mm-hmm. So that definitely helped. And yeah, they just. <laughs> yeah. And for training as well, like our dad will put or will tell us what to do or put um, trainings in training peaks and all that. But it it's always our choice. Um, but we also know that if like we don't train or if we aren't super serious and all of that, then it's on us and it's not on him. But he yeah. knows when to be like, well, if you want to achieve this goal, then this is what you should do. So yeah. he definitely gives us a lot of choices and that helps a lot because if he's always strict and maybe you don't, you don't have a bad day, but he doesn't know or something, then it might not be the best situation. But yeah, I think, I think it's really great to have him as our dad because he will know. <laughs> totally. He, he does know when we have bad days and yeah. Um, yeah. I think, I think that really helps. And it's, I mean, I agree. Oh, go oh, ahead. Sorry. sorry. It's like really easy to communicate with him because he is our dad. So that helps too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I get that question all the time since David, my husband, is also coaching mm-hmm. me. But I do think, like, it helps being in the same house. Like, sometimes as a maybe sometimes stubborn athlete, like, I might feel sick and still maybe not as much anymore because I got older. Mm-hmm. But, like, I would still really want to do my training. But then he would look at me and, he, like, my eyes are like this. And he's like, no, actually, like, you're taking a day off. So, like, having that kind of constant feedback, I think, is super helpful. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I mean, I remember, like, it must have been 2019 World Championships in cyclocross, and Rob, your dad, was the national team coach. And I remember that, I think that's the first, maybe I'm wrong, but I think that's maybe the first World Championship where there was a junior category. And I remember I was driving in a car with them, and you guys were, like, young at that (laughs) age, like, not junior yet. And he said you know, I think one day, like, the girls are going to win this event. And I mean, it's kind of cool that, like, kind of cool that, like, four or five years later, you actually did. Um, but I'm curious, if, was that, like, a plan that you were all kind of dreaming of together? That, like, once this category arrived, you're like, we're, we're gunning for this, like, world championship? Um, or or I don't know, or was that just like your dad kind of telling this just kind of random and it did happen? Like, was that a plan that you guys kind of worked on for years? Um, yeah. Well, not necessarily, no. I would say like he's definitely like dream- dreamt of it. But yeah. most or all of our goals come from us. It's mm-hmm. not his, like his dream for us to be... You know, mm-hmm. like it's our dream no. too. Because um, I know there's a lot of parents that are like, oh, I want you to do this. I want you to do that. And it's not always the best kind of situation you can put your kid in. But it wasn't like that for him. I know that mm-hmm. once we said, oh, we really want to do well, then he encouraged, like he encouraged us. Yeah. Um, And to be honest, that's kind of how it sounded. Because when he said it, it seemed to me like he was dreaming it like for you if that makes sense not for like like oh my god I think they would really love it like (laughs) I don't know it didn't seem like he was like we're going to win this thing it it just like seemed like a dream that I don't know it seemed beautiful and like knowing what happened now like it's even more beautiful Mm -hmm. to me but (laughs) yeah yeah but I would also say that we definitely didn't plan like specifically like wanting to win junior worlds I yeah I think 
going into the season, we kind of just wanted to like see where we were at and just improve every race. And then um, I think that's what happened. We get we got better every race, and then it all came together for Worlds. And so, yeah, like so many things could go wrong um, in one race. So I think it's good that we didn't like specifically plan to try and win Worlds because, like, if you have a flat or crash, mechanical anything, then like dreaming of something like that for so long and then not being able to achieve it because of something out of your control on the day would be a little bit like defeating, I think. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. And I think that probably the approach that you took, like this attitude that you had, just like taking it one race at a time and trying to improve probably helped to perform that well at this race. Like, because I think also, like if you dream about this one race all season, um, maybe if the progress is not as you would expect, then you get discouraged. And then when the day actually comes, like the amount of pressure that there is, is also a hard thing to to deal with sometimes. But I think like if you approach it, just like, you know, when they say like, uh, accept where you are and just like start from there. I mean, that's kind of, it looks like that's the approach you took and it seemed like it worked really well. And worlds are always extra stressful. So it's good to not add any other kind of stress to the day. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Um, All right. I mean, I wanted to talk to you about the, about the fact that you're sisters and I'm wondering if, And, and maybe, like, as you grew up, like, is there a siblings rivalry when you're training or, or when you were, like, growing? I mean, it doesn't seem like it. Like, you're both really laughing. But <laughs> or I don't know. Like, maybe now you're, maybe now not know. But when you were young, like, were, were you always super competitive with one, or one and the other? Like, how did that yeah. kind of dynamic play I out? I think, well, for me personally, I've <laughs> always been super competitive. Like, She's always been the one that I compare myself to, but I try and keep it like a a healthy mindset um, because if I only think about her, I'm not thinking about myself. And so then I can't work on myself because I'm so focused on what she's doing. Um, Yeah. So I try and keep it balanced. (laughs) But um, we definitely use it as a tool to help or to like improve ourselves at the same time. So, (laughs) but I'm also going to add like, The other day we were doing this time trial ride and she dropped me so hard. Like, like it was, she was gone. She didn't look back. I couldn't see her anymore. And then after we got to a stop sign, um, I knew the road and I knew that there was another stop sign a couple hundred of meters up the road. And so I just like blew past her because she was stopped waiting for me. And I, I went like almost at my max heart rate. <laughs> Oh my god! To the stop sign, I waited for her, and then we just kept riding. <laughs> oh my god, that's so funny! Yeah, yeah and we were so, yeah. So you were able to kind of tone it down, like once the training is done, like it's it's mm-hmm. done. Yeah. Once the training's done, then we can like fight about who has to clean up the dishes or who has to put the dishwasher. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. we're very. I'd say we're very competitive like all of the time, but in a good way. So like if we're doing something and we have to do like some hill sprint, I'm going to go as hard as I can to beat Ava because I don't want her to beat me. So it's a good way to get an effort in. (laughs) Do you think like, because I I bet you have to be 
pretty strong mentally too like yes some people from the outside might say like oh well maybe like it's easier for them because there's all they're always two but I think you must have to be pretty mentally strong and just like yeah I guess like have a really good attitude about it because I mean I've been in training rides where I'm really suffering sometimes and then Dave attacks me and I'm just like <laughs> fuck you and I get like <laughs> I get pretty mad and then sometimes I mean, and then it's up to me to use it to help me or like to let it kind of break me, mm -hmm. you know? And I admit that sometimes it broke me and I was like, well, fuck. And then suddenly like I get in my head and I don't go as fast. Or if I'm in like a good mindset, I'm able to say like, okay, well, I'm just still going to give it my best and maybe I get him higher, like up the hill or whatever. Like, but is, do you know what, yeah. like that kind of battle, mental battle I'm talking yeah. about? And is that something that, you know, you, you feel like maybe, maybe with years of training together and like being confronted to that, that now you're at a place where you're able to use that like positive mental, mm -hmm. like that positive side more, like if that makes sense. Yeah, I would say like, I definitely have those struggles like on the bad days and yeah, what like what you just explained. But what I like mm -hmm. to remind myself is that as long as I'm putting in, Um, a good effort, no matter if I'm fast or slow, then that means that I was trained, that I'm training uh, well. And yeah, I think that <laughs> having Bella beat me on those good or bad days kind of like teaches me how to lose, like mm -hmm. and how to take that. And so that when I go into races and maybe I do lose, then I know how to react and how to be a good like sport. Um, like how to have good sportsmanship and yeah. it, <laughs> I don't always lose and I'm like oh whatever like I don't like it obviously because that's like yeah. most athletes but I think that if I can learn from each time then it'll help me like yeah that's what I just try and remind myself when I'm not having the best day yeah, yeah I agree <laughs> and I, I think like I, I like that you touch about like learning to lose um I guess the last few years I've tried to, I also like, I hate losing. I'm, I'm, I'm a bad loser, I guess. And, and sometimes not as much in races, but I am in training. Um, and I used to like, and sometimes it happens to like, we'll do these training rides with David where I'm just like riding kind of pretty hard for like, I don't know, three, four hours. And we have to do random sprints. So like 10 to 15 random sprints. And I would be so nervous the whole damn ride because I'm like, I can't lose the sprints. <laughs> and, and like, he's a bit better sprinter than me, but I, I tried to teach myself to be okay to lose. And so when you're okay to lose, like you're going to risk it more in the training. But if like, I'm too afraid to lose, maybe I don't go like my 100% because then I'm like protected, you know, <laughs> but like, Uh, is that something that you play together? Like if you're doing, I don't know, intervals together. Yeah. Like, well, is it hard sometimes to say like, okay, well, she might beat me, but I'm still going to give it my, my all. Yeah. Like, sometimes when we're both afraid to lose, yep. we'll go at separate times. <laughs> yeah. I was just yeah. going to say like, sometimes <laughs> I won't want to like do intervals at the same time as her. because I'm so like afraid that she's going to beat me. But then yeah. I tried to remind myself that, Like, if we're doing an interval at the same time together, 
chances are we're going to do like have a better effort because we want to beat each other. So we'll go harder. So hmm. yeah, I think some like we will definitely do intervals separately sometimes just because it's kind of scary. To- <laughs> we're both in a bad mood. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. And, and I think that's okay too, to listen to that, you know? Yeah. Um, there, I think, I mean, I always think it that way where there's a certain amount of willpower that we have and like, we, of course, use a lot of it in training, but on days like that, when you don't feel like it too much, maybe like doing it on your by yourself is a better way to like ha- still have a great effort, but maybe not deal with the competitive stress as much, yeah. and and then you keep that for actual race day. So I think that's that's cool to hear yeah. how you do it. Okay, um, but do you think like in the long run it made you better to be together? Yeah, I think I so. think so for sure. <laughs> Yeah. And and how is it in a race? Like, let's say, I mean, actually, the world championship might be a good example, but any race, like when you're on the start line, do you see each other as like, like, we got this? Or is it like, see you at the end? <laughs> and, and like, good luck. Is it kind of a rivalry? Or if you're together in a race, like you, you see it as like empowering and like, let's do it together? How is it? I'd say if we're like with each other in a race and there's the opportunity to help each other, we definitely will take the opportunity and like, we'll use it to our advantage. But if it's a situation where like, <laughs> I don't know, like <laughs> if there's a bunch of people around us, then I'll look for her and try and beat her. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I'll look for her and maybe, yeah, we'll help each other. Or, like, let's say it's two of us going into a sprint or something. I don't think it's actually happened in a while. But, like, obviously I'll try and push extra to beat her because it's her. <laughs> like, yeah. And she will do that the same with me. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it definitely... Like the rivalry doesn't, it's not just in training, it's also in racing um, because she is also yeah. a competitor. But it doesn't mean, it's like a friendly rivalry too. Yeah. 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 Like I'm not going to chop her on a corner super hard yeah. like extra <laughs> in like yeah. an important race. Yeah. Yeah. Extra. No, that makes sense. And it's cool to, like, I've had that sometimes with some of my friends on the circuit where, you know, sometimes, like, maybe it's not my best day and whatever. At some point, like, one of my friends comes up and, I mean, actually, Clara is a good example. Like, I want to beat her, like, (laughs) fully want to beat her. But sometimes, like, we might be, like, in a race situation and she comes up and I'm, I'm like, let's do it together. And it's so empowering. You feel like suddenly it's, you can do better because of that person is there. But I also really yeah. want to be, it's like, a <laughs> yeah, <really exactly. laughs> yeah. And do you sometimes look up, like, look at or read, like, stories of, I don't know, like, the Williams sister to kind of, like, see how they, they manage that situation? Or you're, like, pretty confident in, in like, how you're, you're doing it? Um, or I haven't seen those stories, but something I saw recently on Instagram was um, the Marcus sisters, Brienne and... Um, Femke Marcus, they're two pro riders okay. on different teams. One of them's on SD Works, one of them's on Yumbo Visma. And they said that even though they're on separate teams, it's like they're their seventh or eighth teammate. And they always kind of keep that extra eye out for them in the peloton. And I related to that, especially in the last uh, racing block in Europe, uh, when we were on the road. Mm-hmm. Like, 
I would always kind of look to see where she is she, to see if she's okay. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I was like, whoa, that's really cool. I kind of do that too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's super cool. And do you pre-ride together? Like, would you share, you know, kind of tips and tricks or things that you've seen of the course or you're kind of on your own for that? Um, I think most of the time we pre-ride together. Um, it's like definitely for the like if the first few laps that we'll do. Um, Ava has really good lines, so I <laughs> like to follow her. Um, sometimes we'll like do a few laps by ourselves just because like I also need to know how to ride by myself if I'm not worth there in a race. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I'd say most of the time we ride together. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, all right. I mean, there's, I wanted to talk about something else because uh, you're 18. You still, you already have so much experience. Like you've raced, I mean, everything in Europe, like all the disciplines in Europe, in North America, you've done a lot. Um, and we've seen more and more, in their professional ranks, like pretty young athletes being at the top of their sport. Um, where I, whereas if I compare to when I came up, when I was like 20 years old, like a few years ago, most athletes at the top were older. And there were like a couple of exceptions where Yolanda's my age and she was already like performing, but there weren't that many, like she was kind of the exception. But now it seems like there's more and more. Um, And I'm wondering, how do you guys perceive this as, like, young athletes that, that are, like, almost there, really? Um, does that, seeing that the younger athletes are the best, does it add pressure? Or do you, like, do you feel a sense of, like, oh, I need to be at this level already? Or, like, how does it play in your, yeah, I guess, how you perceive um, it? I think if you take... Um The three duchies, for example, uh, Sharon, Femme, and mm -hmm. uh, Puck, they're all at the top level right now. And yep. whether it's road, mountain, cyclocross, um, and which is pretty remarkable. And I think it's something mm -hmm. that is, I, I mean, it hasn't happened, I don't think, ever or in a very long time. And so I could be like oh I should be where they are at their age when I'm that age and put that kind of pressure on myself but I think it's um unrealistic they have like they have a lot of different circumstances than we do um but it's also something that I can look at and kind of dream about or look at to fuel my goals and to keep motivated when I'm training which is really cool because I get to be like oh these three girls are doing really awesome and they're cool riders and all that yeah. stuff but if you look at it really closely or as close as I can <laughs> you can see that they have taken those couple of years to develop and they just keep getting better and better but it wasn't like right at the junior ranks oh they're the best in the world they can win elite worlds um Mm -hmm. But the problem is no one really saw those steps because it was during COVID. Um, yeah. Oh, that's true. But like, yeah, I think that's just one example. But um, yeah, I think it's a good example. <laughs> And uh, it, really is. it definitely feels like the riders that we look up to are getting younger and younger or closer to our age. But it's just because we're getting older as well. <laughs> And um, that's true. Yeah, I find myself kind of looking up to riders that 
maybe might only be a year older than me. Like, for example, Zoe Baxter, who has five world titles already, which is absolutely mind blowing. <laughs> but she's like, yeah, she could be my sister. <laughs> so, yeah, I think it's yeah. really cool. Um, but putting that kind of pressure might not be the best idea. Do you feel similar? Similarly, Bella? Yeah, I feel very similar. Also, like a goal is for me personally is to like make cycling a career and do it for as long as I possibly can. So I'm like trying not to put too much pressure to be like the very best at such a young age, because I know that like through the years I'll be able to develop like the U23 category and things like that. But it is definitely a bit like scary to see so many like super fast um, people that are so young. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think it's a good thing, like Ava said, feeling goal, feeling our goals a lot better. So. I think you're so mature in the way you're seeing this. Like, I mean, when I was young, like I would see sometimes Yolanda, and I came came in late, quote unquote, in the sport. Like I started mountain biking in my second year under 23, and she was my age, but already world champion and like winning World Cups at the elite level. And I was like oh my God, like I have so much, like I should, in my my head, I should have been at that same level. Um, but then as I grew up, I kind of realized like, well, you know what? Everyone has a different pathway. And like Catherine Pendrel won world champs when she was 33, I think, you know? And she still had an amazing career. And like Yolanda won it when she was 20. Mm-hmm. And you know, like where we all have a different path in this sport and we all have our own little you know we we're all different so like of course maybe I'll peak at a different time than Shirin and vice versa so I think once I finally understood understood that and stopped comparing myself like it kind of freed me so much and it's cool to see that you guys are already mature yes. enough to like see it yeah. that way <laughs> and like Annemiek Van Bloom um, who's I think in her 40s as yeah last year had like the perfect season and I don't think anyone could ever absolutely it. Like, it's crazy Or Gunrita, yeah, um, who won a World Cup at the age of like over 40 or something. I think she's just a year younger than my mom, and that was only less than five years ago or something. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. I mean, just like I was speaking with Katarina Nash just a few maybe like next last month or something, and I was telling her like, man, like maybe I'm, I just turned 30, and it was like I saw her around my birthday, and I was like, oh my god, I'm so old, and <laughs> and I was like. I think like am I done you know like all these athletes are so young and she was like oh her and Jeff Kabush were there and they were like oh we all had our best years at 32 33 34 mm-hmm. so I was like oh okay well maybe yeah. then like there's a chance but it is fun to see like all these different pathways all these different athletes that have a different way of performing and then suddenly it makes it makes everything seem more possible I guess yeah um I mean you you touched on having a career in this sport, Bella, um, I'm curious, like, what are you guys thinking? Like, right now, I think in women's cycling, I think it's the best time to be a woman cyclist. Like, there's the most opportunities there's ever been on the road um, with the Tour de France and, and, like, bigger races coming up. And then cyclocross is also equal prize money, which you can make a really good career. Mountain biking, I think there's less, like, teams in North America but if you're willing to go to Europe it looks like the sport is healthy um there's so many opportunities 
you've touched on everything. Like, what what are you thinking? I know it's a big question, and you don't have to make it a decision now. I bet, but like, what would you like to achieve, and how do you see this landscape for women cycling being like so full of opportunities right now? Um, I think <sighs> it's a hard like <laughs> it's hard, hard to yeah. answer that question, but um. Yeah, I just want to be like the best cyclist in general that I can be. Um, so whatever path that is that I have to take to get there, um, I'll take it. I don't know. I think no matter what, if I'm on a bike, I'm going to be having fun. And that's like the main thing for me. So, yeah. That's and have you enjoyed the, the road racing that you've done this year? Like, yeah. I know you're both coming from mountain bike initially and then cross, but like, have you enjoyed doing the road? Yeah, I really, really yeah. enjoyed the road, especially um, we did a stage race in France. And one of the climbs that we finished on is the same climb that they finished in the Tour de France, the men's cool. version. So, yeah, I really enjoyed that. I definitely like the hillier races. Um, but yeah, it was really nice. It was good to race on the road in Europe and it was really nice to have Ava too because she's very like she's very smart when she races so I'd like look out for her in the peloton to I try and follow her so yeah <laughs> maybe not <laughs> I love it yeah what do you think Ava do you do you have like because I don't know like when you say I mean you, you described it pretty well like when you what you want to do Bella but like when you say having a career like what do you see what are you kind of dreaming and or, or hoping for Um, yeah, I agree with Bella. It's a hard one. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. And honestly, I, the, I think the beauty is that you might not have to choose. You know, there's options now that I think there's a lot of multi-disciplines athletes. So maybe it's yeah. a good thing, you know? That, yeah, I think, yeah. Yeah, I also want to have a long career in cycling. Um, but I'm not sure if I would choose... like. I don't know what to choose right now. I would love to do two. Um, probably road and mountain biking. But then there's also like, mm -hmm. those two schedules don't really mix. Well, the best. Mm -hmm. So it's hard. Um, yeah, I would say that the long career in cycling might not work if it's all three disciplines because you're just racing the entire time. You would have to be really selective. Or I know that I would because... Yeah, I need to train. I can't just race all the time. It's hard on the body. Yeah, I'm um, the same. Yeah, but the the thing about that is like, if I wanted to do all three and not race a lot, then I would miss racing. <laughs> I don't know. It's hard to explain, but like, yeah, yeah. I sometimes it's good to not just focus on these on like certain races and then train the entire time which would happen if you mm -hmm. do all three disciplines for me I, i guess or like if you yeah. look at pidcock he only does a handful of races but he does really well at all of them but what happens when you do that same schedule but you don't do good then you're like so then what did i do that for? yeah um and yeah to answer your question <laughs> i don't i'm not 100 sure yet but i just like riding my bike and I think I'll be happy with whatever decision I make yeah and would you guys be would you guys move to Europe like I, I mean that's because again like that's like like a big I mean in 10 years like I'm 
it, it changed a lot. Like when I got into the sport as a professional, there were a lot of North American teams and a bigger North American circuit. So you could like be a professional athlete, like have a career and be based here and then travel a little bit, which is what I've always done. And I feel like now sometimes what would make the most sense logistically would be for me to move to Europe because the biggest races are over there and maybe I could get like, it would be easier on travel and stuff. So it could make sense to live in Europe. But for me, the happiness that I get from being home at my house with my friends, with my family, with like the community I've built here now that I'm 30 years old, like this is this happiness and comfort feels more beneficial to me than what I would gain logistically from being based in Europe. But I know it's scary for everyone. Like, is that something that you would enjoy doing, you think, like as an experience to try to live there and see what it's like? Or or do you even feel like it's necessary or or maybe it's it's not even necessary? Um, do you want to go? Um, okay. Yeah, I think um, I would definitely move to Europe. I would miss my like family and my cats and <laughs> my house for sure. But um, I think... From, in my opinion, it's it would be a very big help to live in Europe just because of the training and the racing and having to travel so much, like flying there and back so much during the year is a lot um, on the body, I think. So living in Europe would be beneficial, <laughs> I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I have Ava. If she, like, I'm sure we would be there together. So that definitely helps a little bit. Yeah, um, but yeah, I could definitely see myself moving to Europe to race or bike. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. I mean, it could be super fun experience too. Like it's a it's a life experience. My sister and her husband has been like he's been there for ten years, um, and he loved it, you know. And now he's coming back because he just retired. But like, I think they really loved the experience. So. Mm-hmm. I, something that one day like you can tell your kids like hey I lived there for like that long and it's kind of a a cool yeah a cool thing I I think um and what do you see as I mean we talked about all the opportunities but like what do you see as challenges you know like nowadays because like the opportunities in women's cycling came with like more media attention and more maybe need to be on social media or maybe like the athlete needs to be more than maybe just a racer. Do you feel that as, do you see this as a challenge or do you even not see it? Do you think like, if like you have great results, you don't even have to care about that. Like how do you, or or do you even enjoy social media? Like how do you see those challenges perhaps of like cy- women cycling being, getting bigger? Um, yeah, I think nowadays, um, and I'm saying this as an 18-year-old, I'm not that old, but um, <laughs> I think a lot of teams or even sponsors um, like to have their riders or the people that they support being present on social media. It's probably the best way to reach the most amount of people, which is what they need and what they want. Um, so it depends. Like, if you sign with a team or if you have sponsors that don't really care about that as much or don't need it as much, then I think you could get away with not being on social media at all or I don't know. Um, but I 
definitely see that a lot of athletes are posting like their products and um, a bunch of there's like all their sponsors and all that stuff when, in very creative ways, which are really cool. And so I like that side um, of sports. I think it's interesting and it's great for me as North American because I get to see what they're doing in Europe <laughs> and it's super accessible. Um, yeah. True. And, yeah. Like, I don't have to fly over to see the races. I get to watch it from my bed. <laughs> yeah. So even like in, in when we started this conversation, you both said you were a little bit introvert. Like, so you, you don't feel it as like a pressure to be something you're not like it's, it's mostly positive. Yeah. I would think you would think you would I, say, yeah. okay. Um, I definitely try and keep it real. Um, not everything is mm -hmm. perfect, and I think people know that, but it's easy to just post the good things. And I do post a lot of the good things. Um, it's not like, for me, Instagram isn't like a daily blog, but I do use it a lot. And I try, yeah, I think it wouldn't be as much of a challenge for me. Um, but yeah, I think it's a good tool to like build the community of cycling or to make it more accessible to people. I agree. I think for me personally, like posting and stuff doesn't, it's not as, like, I don't find as much pleasure as Ava in that kind of thing. <laughs> like I don't, like it's, yeah. But I do really enjoy like seeing other people post and like seeing things that are happening in Europe or at different races. And I think it's nice that we're able to like give back sort of to our sponsors and like thank them for everything that they do for us yeah, and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think it's definitely very helpful, um, like a very helpful tool, but I don't think it's like if you don't have social media, you can't be a professional cyclist. I don't think yeah. it's like that. I no. think it's more like just a help. Like it's, yeah. <laughs> no, I agree with you. And, and I think especially if you race at the level you guys are racing, like at the World Cup level and in Europe, I think like the actual cycling part is, is the most important, which I think is great. Uh, I think in North America, like the way the the cycling industry is developing is that there's a lot of there's a lot of emphasis on that where I mean if you love it it's great like and, and I kind of like it so I'm okay with that but I sometimes wonder like oh well if there's like a young athlete that comes up and they want to race like for example the gravel scene and what if they really like is just to race and they don't enjoy that part like it becomes a challenge but yeah I like your perspective on it it's it's interesting to hear that and I love that you said too like how you use it too like what you love to watch from the other pros I think sometimes like that I don't know for me hearing that I'm like oh well because I I'm always like super self-critical and I'm like well no one cares if I post this or that but like actually I think people that are fan of the sport do care to watch it you know it's just yeah yeah so that's interesting um cool all right last couple of questions um I mean you guys won uh first and second place at the world did did anything change after like at school or like did you feel how was life after you know did anything change really um yeah it was really really nice um 
at school, there were lots of celebrations and one of our teammates' girlfriends, she decorated the school for us when we got back, which is really nice. Um, it was really nice to see like people acknowledging what we had done, if that makes sense. Um, so yeah, it was nice. It's definitely a motivator. Like looking back on it, like when I'm doing an interval or something, I'll just like start, I'll just think about worlds and that'll make me push a little bit harder. Yeah. Um, we so definitely yeah. had a lot of people telling us that they cried watching it. Some people told us and I didn't yeah. know. <laughs> I feel bad about that, but I'm glad that they <laughs> shared, um, shared those moments with us. And I'm also, like, yeah. I feel so fortunate that they could watch us um, from North America and that so many people were were actually interested in the race. And even if they didn't watch it live, then they watched it after or they saw something about it. So maybe now they're like, oh, I want to try cross or, oh, I want to organize this cross race or maybe even just hop on my bike. And yeah, I think that is what yeah. I enjoyed the most after um, was seeing how people reacted um yeah <laughs> and just seeing like how many people love the sport because it could be someone who doesn't even know us and they come up to us and like say good job you can just like tell that it's because they love the sport and they love seeing like uh, like Canadians out there and yeah I think that was really nice yeah it's cool and like even now at Hardwood like people would come up and say good job and it's just a really nice feeling every time yeah someone says it if I know them or if I don't it doesn't really matter it's just nice. yeah and it's it's awesome I mean after you guys did so well some journals in my like my hometown were calling me and asking yeah. like can you comment on this I'm like well <laughs> I have nothing to do with it but it was just funny like I think it really had a big made a big boom um all right I think let's finish on this Ava what is the one thing you admire about Bella as a as an athlete or as a racer <laughs> and I mean, Bella, get prepared because I'm asking you the same question. <laughs> I, I already know. Her ability to dig deeper than you would think possible. <laughs> I feel like sometimes I'm, I'm okay. on my absolute limit and she just like blows past me and I'm like amazed how fast she can go. <laughs> and like, it's not just because she's I fast, it. but it's because she has the mindset to like, give 110%. It's not just because she has strong legs, it's because she's an awesome athlete too. And I think that's what I admire most. Yeah, I love it. Okay, I have two because I can't, I can't decide. But <laughs> I would say one of them is um, how dedicated she is, like all of the time. Like before we go for a ride, she'll be doing her mobility or like, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and then the other thing is um, like, sort of what Ava said but in a different way like her how mentally strong she is so like if she doesn't have a very good race but her teammate does or like I have a good race and she doesn't she won't show that she didn't have a bad she won't show that she had a bad day instead she'll like be happy for me and she's just very positive a lot of the time which is nice hmm. she's not like a sore loser or yeah anything. if I'm mad about my I race I'll make sure that it's like in private like if I give my I don't just like hide the emotions I go somewhere else and I make sure that yeah. I'm not affecting the others that might have had a good race and so I give myself like 
a bit of time to cry or to ball my eyes out or to like ah. yeah <laughs> Which is yep. which is which is important too. So it's it's good. Okay, and then there's um, one question I always ask to people that come. So it's called the, the podcast is called the Fever Talk. Which I mean, I should maybe change the name, but I love the fever. So um, the fever for me, I think you know, but it's like how I describe my passion for something. So it could be like a, a lot of things give me fever, but sometimes like it, if I take a cyclocross example. Um, There's two things like that come to mind. Sometimes like when I know I prepared so well for one specific race and then it's the night before and I'm just like feeling so good because I'm like, it's finally here and I'm so ready and I just can't wait to go. Like that feeling, I kind of live for it. It gives me fever. Um, but sometimes it can be like, you know, mountain bike trail where you have so much flow and you like hit a little jump and just land in the perfect landing and just has like whoop, momentum. And it's like, <laughs> that gives me fever. So my question to you is what gives you fever? Um, if you want some time to think, Bella, I have two in mind. Um, one of them is kind of what you just said. It's, it's only on my mountain bike, I think, like on the trails. And whether it's like a really good jump line and like I go off of it and I try and do my biggest whip or whatever. And it's like, <laughs> like it's, it's not actually that much, but it feels <laughs> awesome. You do the perfect yeah. landing and I don't know. Yeah. Like, I just get a rush of like serotonin in my body or something. And I'm just like, yeah. And I, like, yeah, I, I really, really I love enjoy it. that. Um, that's probably the thing I love the most about mountain biking is just like those flow trails or like something that just like clicks and I don't know, it just feels so satisfying. <laughs> That's the best way for me to describe it. And then I the agree. other one would be um, at races when there's fans and like they're just cheering so loud. It doesn't matter if it's for you or whatever. <laughs> Maybe they're not saying my name, but like, I don't know. There's just something about it. Like there's music playing loud and like those sirens going off and chainsaws and stuff. It's when at a race, there's like just that, I don't know, like that atmosphere. It just gives me like tingles at the back of my head. I don't know. It just, yeah, it gives me the fever. <laughs> nice. It's the fever. I love it. Cool. Um, One thing for me that gives me the fever is when you're racing and it hurts like so bad, like you're in so much pain, but it feels good. Yeah. Like the good kind of thing, because sometimes you'll race and like you're in so much pain and it feels terrible. Um, but when you're racing and you're going so hard, but it feels good. And like, you just like stand up and go a little bit faster. That gives me the fever. I think. Yeah. That is a good feeling. We, yeah. we should share it <laughs> when it comes. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much. That's all I had for today. But is there anything else you'd like to say? Um, or, add, um, or Thank you for having us. <laughs> it's always a pleasure to talk about <laughs> yeah, thank you. and to share it with you and everyone and to talk about the fever. <laughs> Well, thank you. Yeah, that was cool. I mean, one day, one day we'll be at a race together and then we can do another one live and like talk about something completely different. Because yeah. um, there's many things to talk about, but I had to, I had to choose a yeah. few things. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you guys so much and best of luck for the rest of the season. We'll be, we'll be cheering both on the road and on the mountain bike. So we'll be excited to see, I'm excited to see, to see you race. Thank you so much.